0: Chapter 6 of Gladiator. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Gladiator by Philip Wiley. Chapter 6 The short branch line to which Hugo changed brought him to the fringe of the campus. The cars were full of boys, so many of them, that he was embarrassed. They all appeared to know each other. And no one spoke to him his dreams on the train were culminated he had decided to become a great athlete with his mind's eye he played the football he would play and the baseball 90-yard runs homers hit over the fence into oblivion seeing the boys and feeling their lack of notice of him redoubled the force of that decision then he stepped on to the station platform and stood facing the campus he could not escape a rush of reverence and of awe it was so wide So green and beautiful far away towered the giant arches of the stadium Nearby were the sharp gothic points of the chapel and the graduate college Between them a score of more of buildings rambled in and out through the trees Hey Hugo turned a little self-consciously a youth in a white shirt and white trousers was beckoning to him Freshman aren't you? Yes. My name is Danner Hugo Danner. I'm lefty Forsman Chuck A second student separated himself from the bustle of baggage and young men. Here's a freshman. Hugo waited with some embarrassment. He wondered why they wanted a freshman. Lefty introduced Chuck and then said, Are you strong, freshman? For an instant he was stunned. Had they heard, guessed? Then he realized it was impossible. They wanted him to work. They were going to haze him. Sure, he said. Then get this trunk, and I'll show you where to take it. Hugo was handed a baggage check. He found the official and located the trunk tentatively he tested its weight as if he were a normally husky youth about to undertake its transportation he felt pleased that his strength was going to be tried so accidentally and in such short order lefty and chuck heaved the trunk on his back can you carry it they asked sure don't be too sure it's a long way peering from beneath the trunk under which he bent with a fair assumption of human weakness Hugo had his first close glimpse of Webster they passed under a huge arch and down a street lined with elms Students were everywhere carrying books and furniture moving in wheelbarrows and moving by means of the backs of other freshmen The two who led him were talking and he listened as he plodded Saw Masher just before I left the lake took her out one night and got all over the place with her and then came down She's coming to the first prom with me and Marge to the second Got to get some beer in. We'll buzz out and see if old Snorensen has made any wine this summer. Hello, Eddie. Glad to see you back. I've elected the dean's physics, though God knows I'll never get a first in them. And I need it for a key. That damn frosh we picked up sure must have been a porter. Hey, freshman, want a rest? No, thanks. Went down to the field this afternoon. Looks all right to me. The team, that is. Billings is going to quarter it now. And me after that. Hope to Christ I make it. They're going to have Scapper and Dwan back at Yale, and we've got a lot of work to do. Frosh, you don't need to drag that all the way in one yank. Put it down, will you? I'm not tired. I don't need a rest. Well, you know best. But you ought to be tired. I would. Where do you come from? Colorado. Huh? People go to Colorado? Never heard of anyone coming from there before. Whereabouts? Indian Creek? Oh, there was a pause. You aren't an Indian, are you? It was asked bluntly scotch presbyterian for twenty generations well when you get through here you'll be full of scotch and emptied of the presbyterianism put the trunk down their talk of women of classes of football excited hugo he was not quite as amazed to find that lefty forsman was one of the candidates for the football team as he might have been later when he knew how many students attended the university and how few relatively were athletes he decided at once that he liked lefty the sophistication of his talk was unfamiliar to hugo much of it he could not understand and only guessed he wanted lefty to notice him when he was told to put the trunk down he did not obey instead with precision and ease he swung it up on his shoulder and held it with one hand and said in an unflustered tone i'm not tired honestly where do you want to go from here great howling jesus lefty said what have we here hey put that trunk down There was excitement in his voice. Say, guy, do that again. Hugo did it. Lefty squeezed his biceps and grew pale. Those muscles in action lost their feel of flesh and became like stone. Lefty said, Say, boy, can you play football? Sure, Hugo said. Will you leave that trunk with Chuck here and come with me? Hugo did as he had been ordered, and they walked side by side to the gymnasium. Hugo had once seen a small gymnasium ill-equipped and badly lighted and it had appealed mightily to him Now he stood in a prodigious vaulted room with a shimmering floor a circular Balcony and a varied array of apparatus his hands clenched Lefty quit him for a moment and came back with a man who wore knickers Mr.. Woodman. This is what the hell's your name Danner Hugo Danner Mr.. Woodman is football coach Hugo took the man's hand. Lefty excused himself. Mr. Woodman said, Young Forsman said you played football, just on high school team in Colorado, said you were husky. Go in my office and ask Fitzsimmons to give you a gym suit. Come out when you're ready. Hugo undressed and put on the suit. Fitzsimmons, the trainer, looked at him with warm admiration. You're sure built, son. Yeah, that's luck, isn't it? Then Hugo was taken to another office Woodman asked him a number of questions about his weight his health his past medical history He listened to Hugo's heart and then led him to a scale Hugo had lied about his weight. I thought you said 160 mr. Danner the scale showed two hundred and eleven, but it was impossible for a man of his size and build to weigh that much Hugo had lied deliberately hoping that he could avoid the embarrassment of being weighed i did mr woodman you see my weight is a sort of freak i don't show it no one would believe it and yet there it is he did not go into the details of his construction from a plasm new to biology huh mr woodman said together they walked out on the floor of the gymnasium woodman called to one of the figures on the track who was making slow plodding circuits hey nelly take this bird up and pace him for a lap make it fast a little smile came at the corner of hugo's mouth Several of the men in the gymnasium stopped work to watch the trial of what was evidently a new candidate Ready Woodman said and the runners crouched side by side Set go Nelson one of the best sprinters Webster had had for years dashed forward He had covered 30 feet when he heard a voice almost in his ear faster old man Nelson increased faster boy I'm passing you the words were spoken quietly calmly a rage filled Nelson he let every ounce of his strength into his limbs and skimmed the canvas half a lap Hugo ran at his side and Nelson could not lead him the remaining half was not a race Hugo finished 30 feet in the lead Woodman standing on the floor wiped his forehead and bawled, that the best you can do Nellie Yes, sir. What in hell have you been doing to yourself? Nelson drew a sobbing breath i haven't done a thing time that man he's faster than the intercollegiate mark woodman still dubious made hugo run against time and hugo eager to make an impression and unguided by a human runner broke the world's record for the distance around the track by a second and three-fifths the watch in woodman's hands trembled hey he said uncertain of his voice come down here will you hugo descended the spiral-iron staircase He was breathing with ease. Woodman stared at him. Let's see you jump. Hugo was familiar with the distances for jumping made in track meets. He was careful not to overdo his effort. His running jump was 28 feet, and his standing jump was 11 feet and some inches. Woodman's face ran water. His eyes gleamed. Danner, he said, where did you get that way? What way? I mean, what have you done all your life? Nothing. Gone to school. Two hundred and eleven pounds, Woodman muttered. Run like an Olympic champ. Jump like a kangaroo. How's your kicking? All right, I guess. Passing? All right, I guess. Come on outside. Hey, Fitz, bring a ball. An hour later, Fitzsimmons found Woodman sitting in his office. Beside him was a bottle of whiskey, which he kept to revive wounded gladiators. Fitz, said Woodman, looking at the trainer with dazed eyes, did you see what I saw? Yes, I did, Woody. Tell me about it. Fitzsimmons scratched his graying head. Well, Woody, I seen a young man saw Fitz. I saw a young man come into the gym and undress. He looked like an oil steam engine. I saw him go and knock hell out of three track records without even losing his breath. Then I seen him go out on the field and kick a football from one end to the other and pass it back. That's what I seen. Woodman nodded his head. So did I. But I don't believe it, do you? I do that's the man you and all the other coaches have been wanting to see the perfect athlete better in everything than the best man at any one thing just a freak would he but god almighty how new haven and colgate are going to feel it these next years maybe he's dumb fitz maybe maybe not find out fitz wasted no time he telephoned to the registrar's office mr h danner said the voice of the secretary passed his examinations with the highest honors and was admitted among the first ten he passed his entrance exams among the first ten fitzsimmons repeated god said woodman it's the millennium and he took a drink late in the afternoon of that day hugo found his room in thompson dormitory he unpacked his carpet-bag and his straw suitcase. he checked in his mind the things that he had done it seemed a great deal for one day a complete alteration of his life. He had seen the dean and arranged his classes trigonometry, English, French, Latin, biology, physics, economics, hygiene. With a pencil and a ruler, he made a schedule, which he pinned on the second hand desk he had bought. Then he checked his furniture a desk, two chairs, a bed, bedclothes, a rug, sheets and blankets, towels. He hung his clothes in the closet. For a while, he looked at them attentively. They were not like the clothes of the other students he could not quite perceive the difference but he felt it and it made him uncomfortable the room to which he had been assigned was pleasant it looked over the rolling campus on two sides and both windows were framed in the leaves of nodding ivory it was growing dark from a dormitory nearby came the music of a banjo presently the player sang and other voices joined with him a warm and golden sun touched the high clouds with lingering fire Voices cried out young and vigorous Hugo sighed he was going to be happy at Webster His greatness was going to be born here at that time Woodman called informally on Chuck and Lefty They were in a heated argument over the decorative arrangement of various liquor bottles when he knocked come in They shouted in unison hello. Oh, Woody come in sit down want a drink. You're not in training No, thanks had one And it would be a damn sight better if you birds didn't keep that stuff around. It's Chuck's, Lefty grinned. All right. I came to see about that bird you brought to me. Danner. Was he any good? Woodman hesitated. Fellas, if I told you how good he was, you wouldn't believe me. He's so good, I'm scared of him. What do you mean? Just that. He gave Nellie thirty feet in a lap on the track. Great God. He jumped twenty-eight and eleven feet running and standing. He kicked half a dozen punts for eighty and ninety yards, and he passed the same distance. Lefty sat down on the window seat. His voice was hoarse. That can't be done, Woody. I know it. But he did it. But that isn't what makes me frightened. How much do you think he weighs? Oh one fifty five or thereabouts. Woody shook his head. No, Lefty. He weighs two hundred and eleven. Two eleven? He can't, Woody. There's something wrong with your scales. Not a thing the two students stared at each other and then at the coach They were able to grasp the facts intellectually, but they could not penetrate the reactions of their emotions at last lefty said But that isn't well it isn't human woody. That's why I'm scared Something has happened to this bird he has a disease of some kind that has toughened him like potts disease That turns you to stone, but you wouldn't think it. There's not a trace of anything on the surface I'm having a blood test made soon wait till tomorrow when you see him in action It'll terrify you because you'll have the same damned weird feeling. I have that he isn't doing one-tenth of what he can do That he's really just playing with us all by God If I was a bit superstitious I'd throw up my job and get as much distance between me and that bird as I could I'm telling you simply to prepare you There's something mighty funny about him and the sooner we find out the better Mr.. Woodman left the dormitory Lefty and Chuck stared at each other for the space of a minute and then with one accord they went together to the registrar's office There they found Hugo's address on the campus and in a few minutes. They were at his door Come in Hugo said he smiled when he saw Lefty and Chuck want some more trunks moved Maybe later they sat down eyeing Hugo speculatively Lefty acted as spokesman listen here guy We've just seen Woody and he says you're phenomenal so much so that it isn't right Hugo reddened he had feared that his exhibition was exaggerated by his eagerness to impress the coach He said nothing and lefty continued you're going to be here for four years, and you're going to love this place You're going to be willing to die for it all the rest of your life The fact that you went to old Webster is going to make a difference But there's one thing that Webster insists on and that's fair play and honesty and courage You've come from a little town in the west and you're a stranger here Understand this is all in a spirit of friendship so far. We like you We want you to be one of us to belong you have a lot to learn and a long way to go I'm being frank because I want to like you for instance Chuck here is a millionaire My old man is no dead stick in the blue book things like that will be different from what you've known before But the important thing is to be a square shooter. Don't be angry. Do you understand? Hugo walked to the window and looked out into the thickened gloom He had caught the worry the repression in lefty's voice the youth his merry blue eyes suddenly grave His poised self abnormally disturbed had suggested a criticism of some sort. What was it? Hugo was hurt and a little frightened would his college life be a repetition of Indian Creek Would the athletes and others in college of his own age fear and detest him because he was superior Was that what they meant he did not know? He was loath to offend Lefty and Chuck, but there seemed to be no alternative to the risk. No one had talked to him in that way for a long time. He sat on his bed. "'Fellas,' he said tersely, "'I don't think I know what you're driving at. Will you tell me?' The roommates fidgeted. They did not exactly know, either. They had come to fathom the abnormality in Hugo. Chuck lit a cigarette. Lefty smiled with an assumed ease. "'Why, nothing, Danner. You see, well, I'm quarterback of the football team.' And you'll probably be on it this year. We haven't adopted the new idea of keeping freshmen off the varsity. Just wanted to tell you those, well, those principles. Hugo knew he had not been answered. He felt, too, that he would never in his life give away his secret. The defenses surrounding it had been too immutably fixed. His joy at knowing that he had been accepted so soon as a logical candidate for the football team was tempered by this questioning. I have principles, fellows good lefty rose guess we'll be going by the way woody said you smashed a couple of track records today. where'd you learn nowhere how come then just natural lefty summoned his will sure it isn't well unhealthy woody says there are a couple of diseases that make you well get tough like stone hugo realized the purpose of the visit then be sure i haven't any diseases my father had an m d he smiled awkwardly ever since i was a kid i've been stronger than most people and i probably have a little edge still just an accident that's all is that what you were wondering about lefty smiled with instant relief yes it is and i'm glad you take it that way listen why don't you come over to the inn and take dinner with chuck and me let commons go for tonight. what say at eleven hugo wound his alarm clock and set it for seven he yawned and smiled All during supper he had listened to the glories of Webster and the advantages of belonging to the Psi Delta fraternity To descriptions of parties and to episodes with girls Lefty and Chuck had embraced him in their circle. They had made suggestions about what he should wear and whom he should know They had posted him on the behavior best suited for each of his professors They liked him and he liked them immensely They were the finest fellows in the world. Webster was a magnificent university and he was going to be one of its most glorious sons. He undressed and went to bed. In a moment he slept, drawing in deep, swift breaths. His face was smiling and his arm was extended. Whether to ward off shadows or to embrace the new treasure could not be told. In the bright sunshine of morning his alarm jangled and he woke to begin his career as an undergraduate. End of chapter 6